Hi everyone and welcome back to Into the Void. I'm your host Ant and you join me today for episode number 20 of my weekly audio diary in which I share my thoughts and musings and hopefully gives you a little bit of an insight into me um, as, as a host, um, get to know me a little bit more as well. So thank you all for tuning in. Um, I hope you are all doing well during these rather testing and challenging times that we're living through. And um, I think you'll probably agree they seem to be getting more challenging and more testing um, as we move forward in life. Anyway, I just want to begin today's particular episode. Um, something that I, um, I picked up on the news, um, you may well have also done, because uh, it is... Um, Something quite concerning. Anyway, so um, here here in the UK, in Blighty, um, this week we had uh, the globalists were, were, were meeting, or they met, I should say, for something called an artificial intelligence or an AI safety summit, um, which was held at Letchley Park. And if you don't know, that was famous for the Enigma Code, um, the team of British military personnel or intel broke the so-called um, Nazi Enigma code, which allegedly, again, had a huge significance on the result of the Second World War. So they met for a few days, the usual um, political puppets. I believe that Vice President Kamala Harris was there. She met with Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and... Um, Elon Musk was there as well more about him in a while anyway the usual you know um, handshaking and um, lots of smiles and all the rest of it now of course um, these collection of um, characters um, when they meet to to discuss and talk about anything um, of course I think we should be concerned but when you put um, AI um, together with the idea of safety uh, and by extension things like ethics and we've been hearing all these assurances that governments are, are going to put in measures and safeguards to ensure that we the people are, are going to be, be protected um, going forward and, and allegedly that was um, that was what was the um, point of this particular summit or conference I mean, call me cynical, but I equate it to the, it, you know, having these um, um, these characters. Let's just call them that. The, um, these political puppets, having them to to um, having the responsibility to protect us is is a bit like um, you know, if you think about it, it's a bit like having um, a fox guard the hen coop. Sorry, the the hen house, I should say, or or having a fox guard the the chicken, the chicken coop. It's it's yeah, it's not gonna, it's not gonna end well. I mean, maybe I you know, maybe I'm being too cynical, and maybe, um, you know, these politicians have had, have had a change of heart, and they actually do have our interests at heart, and they are actually going to protect us from the worst excesses of artificial intelligence. Um, I don't think that's the case. Um, just bringing the conversation back to uh, Elon Musk, and um, if you were following this news story, you probably picked up on this. 
he said that in the future um, AI will, will replace all um, all jobs, all human human jobs uh, will replace all humans, I should say. And um, you know, at the outset, you listen to it and think, well, that's rather alarming because, by extension, do they want to do they want to these so-called elites? Do they want to eliminate human beings as well? Now, um, I just have to sort of add some balances. There are a lot of own, onerous, get the word out, own, onerous tasks that um, over the years technology, um, you know, even in sort of um, in our own lives and domestic chores and electrical appliances that have improved the quality of our lives collectively. Um, I, I don't think we can deny that. And they have given us time uh, to pursue more uh, more of our leisure and, and our hobbies and our creative ventures when we're not at work of course um, so we don't want to really get into a situation of throwing the baby out with the bathwater because I feel that artificial intelligence not that I, I, I have to admit hands up that I'm I don't know a huge amount about it or its application or how it could be used potentially to free humanity and, and not enslave um, humanity as as you know our so-called uh, masters or overlords <laughs> the so-called elites I think that's what they have in store for us and all they're really doing uh, is just giving the corporate world um, the rubber stamp um, to do their worst really um, but I think that the little that I do know is that if 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 ethically applied artificial intelligence could have an amazing um, positive impact for for many people, many many millions, many billions of people across the world. And as with all things technology based, really the issue um, is who who um, who owns the technology and who who regulates the technology. That's why um, I'm just concerned as we are now. As, as kind of like the conditions currently are on the planet. That's why I, I am um, concerned in terms of its AI's ethics and um, how, how it will be um, regulated um, going forward. So, I mean, as with a lot of these things, it really is just a case of watch this space. I mean, there's only so much that we can really, um, we can really refer to at the moment because we just don't know what in what direction um, more widely in terms of things like um, the economy and um, how how that will what will be the reality on the ground in terms of sort of um, our day-to-day -day lives and whether we will be financially prosperous or not we just don't we just don't know what the economic conditions are going to be so that's why it's hard to say um, how um, artificial intelligence um, ultimately, whether it will be beneficial for us. Um, we just don't know. At the outset, of course, as I've said at the beginning, it, it doesn't look favourable. But I think it's important to is to yeah just add a kind of a side point to my initial cynicism is that I feel that again you know we we have to be careful, as I say a lot with my content is not to be too too doom laden not to be too cynical um because then 
if that's all we focus upon, then then we bring about the very reality that we don't want, and we bring about the very reality that the powers that were, as many people call them now, is um, kind of reality that they were that they want. But at the moment, I'm just trying to, along with my cynicism and and slight fears, I'm just trying to keep, you know, keep a neutral space in there as well, because I don't want to be consumed by um, too much cynicism and um, you know keep some some hope open that AI could eventually actually be uh, a positive for humanity um, even though at the moment it doesn't necessarily look like that is the case so all we can do really I was just saying is um, see how 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 things develop in our day-to-day -day lives um, see what impact we may be having um, when we when we interact with the internet if I can put it like that or in our in our day-to-day -day lives I know I I've probably said before I sell quite a lot of stuff on eBay and they're already using um, offering when you write a description they're already offering um, the use of some sort of AI program or software when you write your description so uh, I'm not quite sure how that works so it, it does seem that it's going to be creeping into life more and more but as with all of these things you know sort of post-covid it does feel as if there's a sort of fata, fata accompli about this and it's already it's already been decided that um, in terms of AI all these things are it's, it's gonna it's gonna go ahead there isn't really as with all of these technological advances there isn't you know there isn't going to be any form of moratorium which is a bit um, disturbing there is never sort of like a pause a pause for breath and um, yeah anyway as I say just watch this space we'll see how see how things how things develop and let's try and collectively and individually keep our humanity um, as much as possible um, if it is still possible anyway next up in today's episode um, just want to return to a regular feature and it's just um, what I describe as my energy update and that's really just a collective sort of um, collective phrase generic term really but just sort of how I've been feeling in the last week or so in the last seven days since I last uploaded episode 19 so um, as I, I know that um, just communicating with some people through Facebook, I know, horrible Facebook, um, and reading some comments on YouTube videos and things like that. I know there is a lot of emotion at the moment. Um, I'm feeling a lot of sadness and crying a lot more than normal. I mean, I've always been a very emotional, sensitive type of person. I think those us sensitive types are picking up, um, you know, like the at the height of the scandemic there's so much unnecessary suffering in the world uh, and um, I think that's what just compounds it all really because um, you know as soon as we're born into this world and then when we first have our dealings with the system and we go to we go to nursery school and then we go to infant primary school as we do here in the UK and then we then we eventually we go to college or university all the way along we we pick up a lot of this trauma uh, and wounding but 
you know, as we become adults, we're really not shown how to deal with our emotional pain and trauma. Uh, I know there are a lot of well-meaning um, sort of counsellors and therapists that work here in the UK, in the NHS. And of course we can here in the UK, we can go privately. We can investigate our own kind of, um, we can carve our own niche or walk our own path in terms of trying to find answers for our pain and trauma, uh, how to deal with it, how to find healing. But generally, I'm talking about, you know, sort of within mainstream society where people are not courage, encouraged to take their own healing into their own hands. People are just left hanging. And, and that that's what's been sort of on my mind this week that there is so much um, unnecessary pain and, and suffering. And um, really, I've, I've had to try and sort of focus on uh, trying to let it all go. Uh, and um, sometimes it, I know people think, well, it's, it's, it's a bit selfish. Uh, forgive me, there may, well, you may well hear um, some <laughs> explosions in the background. That's because... Um, it was bonfire night last night, um, but there are still fireworks going off. So forgive me if you do hear them um, during this episode on the audio in the background. So, yeah. Um, so I was just saying that um, in some regards, sometimes I just feel a bit guilty, like many of us do when we try and, you know, this sort of, uh, how should we say, this sort of existential angst that we feel at the state of the world and the German phrase Weltschmerz, the sort of when we feel the pain of the world, the, sorry, the pain of the world, it can be very, very overwhelming. And that's why I don't think it is, um, I don't think it is selfish in the midst of all of that to say, right, we are going to focus primarily on ourselves and our own lives and our loved ones and all the rest of it. Um, I don't think that's a, I don't think that is um, a selfish act. Um, and that's part of what I've spoken about before and during my episode when I spoke about the parallel society or being part of the tribe is this idea of having to let the world go and just let it, let, let it, let it do its own thing, to put it in a very simple way. And, and part of that is not taking on board too much um, of the of the world's pain, the German phrase Weltschmerz. That's literally what it translates to. Is the sort of like collective noun for the pain of the world or the world's pain. If I can put it like that. I hope I've got the translate translation right there. And um, I think we just need to do that for our own sanity, really. Um, because um, as I keep repeating and many people who content creators and, you know, amazing people who share their insights and wisdom online uh, on various platforms are saying we are now going into a period where it's just, it's, you know, COVID, Ukraine, uh, Gaza, it's just situation after situation um, whereby it's this gross polarisation, it's about taking sides, it's about um, this person with this view, oh God, oh I hate them, no, I can't believe, did they really just say that? All the while, um, you know, creating polarisations, creating divisions, and we do remember, we do have to remember, sorry, 
for if if not for our own sanity and our own survival to step back and as i've said in the previous couple of episodes it's been quite difficult for me because um like many kind of again sensitive intelligent people we probably always had somewhat at least a cursory interest in the whole arab israeli sort of you know palestine situation and it, and it is hard to pull back um from that and the, the ongoing um kind of Israeli military barbarism in Gaza is it's hard to it's hard to pull back from that um I think primarily because um sorry if I'm repeating myself but it is well worth repeating I think when we do see injustices and there are you know however there are literally you know um numerous injustices going on in the world but with the whole sort of um Palestine-Israeli thing is so obviously, is such an obvious, um, you know, one-sided um, injustice. It's so obviously clear, at least in my mind, I should add that, it might not be to other people, at least in my mind it is. And that's what makes it hard to pull away because it does create a lot of anger. You know, you look at it and you want justice to be served. But, you know, if justice was to be served, well, you know, we potentially be looking at a World War Three type scenario and you look at it and you think, well, a lot of the Islamic world, they aren't even really interested in the Palestinian plight or the Palestinian cause. You look at a lot of the political leadership of the Palestinian people in their probably, you know, quite nice palatial homes in the West. I'm not saying they shouldn't have that lifestyle. But, you know, what interest do they really have for the Palestinian people, the Palestinian cause? How are they actually helping their own people politically is questionable. So anyway, sorry, just to summarise, we look at all of that and it is very hard. It just creates a lot of, you know, a lot of um, a lot of eerie, a lot of anger and a lot of emotion. So this week, I just thought I'd share that it's been I've had to keep, you know, come on in, you know, take yourself away from your phone. From the desktop from the laptop and you know just focus in uh you know on what is of concern in my life right now and i think for all of us that is um that is a valuable lesson doesn't mean that we're cold doesn't mean that we're heartless um it doesn't mean that we um that we don't care but we do have to you know have to make sure that we're 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 um keeping our energies high so we can be of service to humanity, to our loved ones, to our friends, and to to our families, we owe it. We owe it to them not to um, not to fall down too many rabbit holes, as I've done in the past, and you know, got quite close to the edge of um, um, you know going crossing over to the other side um, because of getting in such a bad way. So I always I always walk that thin line, and um, so I just thought I'd share that. Um, in today's uh, episode um, just under the heading of my energy update so moving on now um, something that I want to uh, I've been meaning to talk about for quite a few weeks but I've been a little bit reticent about sharing it because I'm sort of concerned that oh it sounds a little bit <laughs> a little bit twee a little bit new agey or a little bit oh god that's not really a great reveli revelation and why are you sharing this on your platform anyway I'm just, I just want to sort of um, talk about something that you might think, oh, well, of course, and that's, that's, that's blinding, that's bloody obvious, why are you talking about that? Anyway, so it's this idea of um, when we keep um, our own physical space tidy, 
um, it does tend to mean that it does help our own kind of mental internal space. So when we say if we clear out a cupboard or we clear out a room or like I've done recently decorated um, a bedroom and all the rest of it, I have felt better in myself. So clear, clearing out sort of physical objects in the material in the material realm in the 3D and creating more of a tidy physical space um, like a sense of clearing out can help us to clear out our own mental our own mental clutter um, if you like and it's only in recent months really that this has really sort of really come home to me excuse me in quite a stark way because normally um, being sort of quite a mind orientated Gemini person you know mercury mercurial it's all about the mind ideas you know formally ideas around well it's just nonsense who, who really cares about it's all a bit twee isn't it you're tidying your bedroom or clearing out your garage you know or your basement how's that going to make me feel better better sorry but in recent months um i have ha i found it has been a real benefit and it has helped ease at least to some degree my sort of mental chatter chundering and my anxiety it has helped and as i've said previously before on my sister's show and on uh, into the void um in recent years i've sold a lot of kind of books that i've coveted quite a lot really on ebay you know spiritual text spiritual teachings some sort of conspiracy new age truth uh, type stuff and titles that um you know Say sort of four or five years ago, I would have, you know, said for um, I would never sell. They were sort of books I would have had for life. But part of this sort of clearing out process for me personally uh, has been about um, selling quite a lot of books and just coming, helping myself coming to a, a clearer, more pure state of being and clearing all this me met mental mental fog if i can put it like that this sort of um mental clutter that i've been talking about it really it really does work folks and again forgive me i know you're probably all very much well aware of this it's a very you know it's a very kind of basic spiritual principle like you've probably heard also you know from the law of attraction and all that sort of thing and um how they say they maybe cite an example of a man or a woman who wants to you know he or she's single and they want to invite a partner in they'll say well the first thing is clear out your closet or your cupboard of all the clothes and take them along to the charity shop because in that way you're creating um a creating a space a physical space for, for you know the clothes of this person so they come and happen to come and live with you you're creating that physical space i mean just to give my own example it's like before i started selling my books on ebay and latterly more kind of football memorabilia or soccer memorabilia. Um, I already had all of the packaging ready. People had been donating a lot of packaging and I'd already brought kind of padded envelopes and all the things that I knew that I needed for sending out the books. Now, I didn't do that with any expectation that they would sell. I mean, I'd never really sold much before on eBay, but what I'm saying is I'd already kind of like um, create, already had the expectation in a sense by doing what I needed to do in the physical, but then I just detached. So that's that kind of principle where we might uh, kind of like put an intention out into the universe 
and then we we do everything that we need to do like i was talking about you know my example just now um with selling books and things um but then you just cut off you don't have an expectation so you don't you know keep checking your emails to see if you've had a notification from ebay or whatever whatever online platform you use for selling things or if you sell them in the flesh of course and i i have found that uh, you know that has that has actually um that has actually worked for me um so yeah it's more and more i'm finding now that it, whereas in the past i did have an understanding of quite a lot of these sort of very basic sort of um spiritual principles which some people would say well they're quite new agey you know they're very everyday kind of concepts and um only kind of more recently have i actually been able to sort of how should i put it um kind of live them i've always kind of again back to the whole kind of sort of gemini thing being stuck in my head and having difficulty of actually um if i could maybe go so far as to say like live the wisdom it's quite it's one thing to have an intellectual understanding of wisdom and, and the esoteric knowledge and metaphysical principles and all the rest of it, but it, it it's quite a different thing to um, to actually live them and actually um, you know to become a more mature, wise person. So I, that's just something that I thought I'd share. Um, you know, if you've got a pile of paperwork, uh, maybe attend to that this week. I know again. Sorry, banging on about Gemini's, but I know this is this might not be a universal principle, um, but every Gemini, every Gemini, sorry, I've known quite well and intimately. I won't mention names, of course. Um, you'd like go into their home, and there'd always be piles of paperwork, uh, like on the living room or table, or 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 on an office desk, or you know, or shoehorned into the corner of the room. It's like, oh, I don't want to do that because you know us Gemini's we're we're, we're ideas people, and so I don't, I don't want to, oh, it's boring. Do you mean I've got to file, file away all my utility statements or my bank statements or my credit card statements and things like that? We, we, do, we do tend to um, see those sort of things as being, as being kind of superfluous, so we do find it difficult. So it is quite important that, like myself, that we do attend to um, things like that, to making sure that our physical space is um is kind of well ordered so it means that we get some sort of um mental clarity anyway i just want to move on now and um again return to my covid19 memoirs my rona memoirs and this really is sort of it also links into as you know if you follow into the void sometimes i talk about truth uh the truth a trap or um kind of like truth of delusions what can happen when we do find ourselves lost down um kind of um rabbit holes and of course i always add many conspiracies are actually true i'm not saying that they don't exist like some people do but i'm just saying obviously it's always important to maintain a sense of balance when we do go into the shadow and we do our shadow mapping which is also very important so I just want to, um, yeah, recall something that's very interesting, actually, um, pertinent to here in the UK. So um, really, at, at the height of COVID, of course, you're probably well aware the government was uh, sending checks to people. Or Here in the UK, we had things called furlough payments, which were made to people who couldn't go to work 
or were made to businesses like a lot of hospitality businesses that had to close. And I remember at the time uh, I made an application for um, like a welfare benefit um, called Universal Credit. Now, um, having claimed it a few times in the past, normally it would be quite um, a convoluted process in that you'd have to make your application online, then go to the local unemployment office and they, you'd have to take your documentation along, you know, and prove yourself that you're actually, um, you know, a real human being and all the rest of it and show your, your tax statements and all the rest of it. You're kind of familiar with the routine. Well, when I made an application for universal credit during the height of COVID during 2020, so it was summer 2020, what was interesting, um, I made an application on, on, online and then that was it was approved because the benefit office was closed, I couldn't, um, you know, there was no one there to check my documents along with any any other claimants, uh, all other claimants as well, of course. And um, so that was just an example of, of many, like you also had where the government extended things like people's MOTs and banks and financial institutions were extending the period of time people had to make um, their credit card um, payments. So. This is just ex one example of uh, of many, really. I could say, obviously, I'm not going to mention the name, but I knew someone, uh, and I'm sure he wasn't alone, who was still getting paid by his company, and he was also getting he was also getting furlough, or people were going out still working and getting paid cash in hand and getting their furlough payments. I think they were called like equivalent of stimulus checks uh, in the U.S. under the fake Biden administration. But anyway, um, what's interesting about this is, um, as we know, as many people have said rightly, I think the most disturbing thing about COVID was this sort of, I think it was an attempt, like a, a global coup. This has happened in over 200 countries. We had a sort of top down from the World Health Organization, all of the same policies followed throughout the world. So, you know, I think by any definition, you could regard it as a, as a global coup, a global coup, sorry get my words out but of course what happens if you're a ruling power okay and you attempt you attempt to take over everything what happens in that process is you, you kind of like forget to to um cross the cross the t's and and dot the i's so you forget to do the most basic things you know like check the um welfare payments people are actually entitled to it or check that people aren't you know fraudulently claiming furlough payments and as I say that's just there's numerous other examples so in this attempt you know to make this final grab for power and really grasp imagine you know like a pair of hands grasping something very very tightly everything in that in that in that kind of physical action things just begin to um, fall apart and I would just sort of put it under the category really of the um it's very difficult on an administrative bureaucratic level um, and I think that's what the globalists and the hidden unknowns and all and um, you know the um, the suits in shadows it's <laughs> a new one for me um, however you want to describe this force or this collection of people and non-human kind of energies and all the rest of it is it's very very difficult to administer a global coup and I think that's one of the reasons why it all kind of like fell apart really it's it's those basic practical steps that just um 
that just aren't able to, to take place because when you're trying to control every aspect of society when you're fining people uh, you know because they've 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 breached lockdown and they've dared to walk their dog in a local park uh, you know and we saw hideous scenes didn't we from i can't remember if it was australia or new zealand but people you literally you know being locked into their homes uh, and there was police outside making sure they couldn't come out to go to the shop to get food the shops that were still open but I think that was the reality at this attempt um, of a global call. It, it failed because when you try any entity, or, and we, we see it in our own lives, again, point I always hammer on about because it's important how the micro links to the macro. When, when, when you know, um, someone in their own lives tries to control too much, tries to control all the different aspects of their lives, tries to be very controlling of perhaps their partner or friends, relatives, people at work, all the rest of it, things eventually do begin to fall apart in a, in a you know, in a very, very, very big way, um, just to demonstrate that you can't control everything. So in this, this rule, this principle in existence, um, that, you know, no controlling force can control everything, is, you know, it applies across the, it, it, it applies, sorry, uh, generally really so there's something i just wanted to something i just wanted to share in case there are people who might be listening who are concerned that we are still you know uh, speeding headlong into some form of a new world order and you know like i was just saying at the beginning with the um my little piece on ai yes we should rightly be concerned but not get consumed by this idea that because um, ai is being introduced more and more that we are going to uh, step headlong into some sort of, you know, dystopian technocratic gulag. Um, I don't think that is an, an, as, I don't think, sorry, that is an inevitability. And uh, although those who still have pretensions to control everything after the, the, the COVID debacle, they're not going to give up. Those who obviously see um, the controlling institutions and structures in terms of psychopathy um one thing that we know even if we have a very sort of a limited knowledge of psychopaths is they don't give up they don't they don't they don't have any internal reference they don't have any self-reference so it's literally um which is kind of mirrors this idea of them being sort of parasitic entities they will they're not gonna they're not gonna give up so they're just gonna keep pushing and pushing and pushing keep trying you know keep creating all this loose energy um, just generally harvesting um, energy when we get angry, when we find that we're in opposition to people. So that's still going to go on. It's not like, um, you know, because they failed with COVID, they're not going to go, oh, OK, well, you know, we'll just throw our hands up. Um, so we always need to be wise, of course, um, to whatever is coming down the pike. But by the same token, not become obsessed about it not investigate it too much, not go down too many sort of AI rabbit holes um, because we need to keep, um, we need to make sure that we got our feet firmly rooted on terra firma and that we can go about our lives and that we can have joy and have fun. And as I was just saying, yes, of course, there are times when we need to do a bit of shadow mapping, but when we do, you know, we need to take our little 
uh, our little miner's headlamp with us so we're not completely shrouded by the darkness so we can always keep an objective um, perspective when we are looking at quite troubling information. Anyway, um, I think I will round things up here uh, now at this point in today's particular episode of Into the Void. Uh, as always, I hope you um, have been able to relate to at least um, a few things that I've been sharing um, in terms of my musings and thoughts this week. And yeah, thank you all for um, tuning in once again. And I will speak to you all again, as always, next week. Bye for now.